Say it again. Really? Luckily, uh, Isaac and his phone There's a uh, going on. <laughs> All right, so let's learn. Okay, so um, so we had a little bit of a break over Yom Tov and so on. You know, the Monday night share of learning a mitzvah a week. So I figured I wanted to pick a mitzvah that would be more of like a general idea, like a general, like sort of ease us back into the sugi of Tarag mitzvahs. So more of a general one. Also something related to the parasha. There's no official mitzvahs, you know, the 613 and the 6th parasha, but something uh, connected to the parasha. And also connected to, uh, the, the, you know, the Moshe Rabbeinu, the Nyanam that I was talking about over Shabbos, I think it's also good to, to connect it. So this is what I came up with. So we'll learn it together. So what we're going to learn tonight is a pretty Yisaitistic, Chloeistic idea. And it's going to be specifically connected to a particular mitzvah, but it's a, like I said, it's a kolatar kuladik idea. So we'll begin like this. In Marmokka number one, so this is the Rambam in Hilchis Yisari HaTorah. Okay, so it's the beginning of the ninth parak in Hilchis Yisari HaTorah. We know the Rambam famously is the one to uh, create and to organize 13 principles of faith, right? The Yugen Likari Muna. So he doesn't, in, 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 in Mishnah Torah, he doesn't like just list like the 13 Ikarimuna, he doesn't do that. That he does in Pirish Mishnais, in his introduction to uh, the last chapter of Mesech Sanhedrin, that's where he lists the 13 principles of faith. But throughout Mishnah Torah, you sort of, you could find them. He doesn't like organize them in one place, but you could find them throughout. So in the ninth, so over here in Perak Tess of Hilchis Yisari Atayra, the Ramam tells us one of the 13 principles, and this is the one that we're going to be focused on. You'll see how it relates to the parsha and and what particular mitzvah it relates to. So it says the Ram like this, it's, it's clear, and it's even explicit in the Torah itself, that the Torah is something that is forever, all the mitzvahs of the Torah are forever, and Torah itself is forever, it'll never change, there's no such thing as adding to the Torah, taking away from the Torah, because not only are you not allowed to add or take away, it's never going to happen. There's never going to be such an idea of like Hashem changing his mind and saying, you know what, on second thought, you could have meat and milk. You know, there's, no, there's no such thing. Torah is forever. Shenamar. So the Ramam quotes a Pasuk. It says in Pasuk, all the things that I'm commanding you, my Shavani says, those things you should keep. Don't add to it and don't take away. Uh, so that, now that 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 pasuk, that mitzvah of bal taisiv bal not to add and not to take away, the Ram is telling us a chiddush. Not only, usually when we think of that mitzvah, we think of it in terms of like practically, like you know, you're supposed to only have four parshas in your tefillin, don't add a fifth, right? You're supposed to shake luvin esrog, don't uh, don't shake an apple also, you know, don't add to the Torah, don't take away. But this is the Ramam understands that this mitzvah bal taisiv bal is not only telling us a practical command individually, it's also telling us a fundamental and eternal truth about Torah, that Torah will not ever be changed. Not only are we not allowed to change it, but Hashem Himself will never change it. There's never going to be uh, a scenario where the Rabbani Shlalem will send the Navi to tell us that something in Torah is now forever different. That's never going to happen. So not only is it a command, but it's also telling you a truth. Baltais Baltigra is also a truth. 
The Chenu Oimer says the Rambam. It also says in Pasuk, Chukas Sechem. Many, many mitzvahs, it has this tagline, Chukas Sechem, that this mitzvah I just mentioned is forever. And the Rambam understands that's not just talk, talking about those in particular mitzvahs, it's a, it's a klal of all of Tyre. The Fichach, therefore says the Rambam, In Yamid Ish, Beimin Ha'umais, Beimin Yisrael, therefore if a person ever comes, a Jew or a guy, Fiyasa Oisim Oifes, and he performs wonders and miracles, right? The Yomer, and he uses that as proof. Shashem Shalchai, Lahaisif Mitzvah, Oilegroya Mitzvah. And he says, Listen, I'm a Navi, how do I know I'm a Navi? I'm a Navi, look at all the things that I can do. So I, I, I've proven that I'm a Navi, and I'm telling you, as a Navi, that Hashem told me that from now on, uh, you don't have to sit in a sukkah, on sukkahs, whatever, to take away, or, or he create a new yantif, whatever the case may be, to take away or to add. Or to reinterpret a mitzvah in a way that, uh, that we don't have such tradition for. So, or the person says, So the person says that any mitzvah that we had until now was good until this point, but not forever. Any of these types of changes, any, any of these types of changes or, or additions or subtractions and so on, Haraiz a Navi Shekhar. Clearly, he's lying and he's a false Navi. There's no such thing. It can't be such a thing. The Torah fundamentally is eternal and perfect and it cannot change. And if anyone claims otherwise, in the name of Hashem, it means that they're lying. You're denying something in Torah and that's not a possibility. So that's the, the side of the Rambam. So again, this is a very big Chiddush in the Rambam in terms of the mitzvah of Baltaisif and Baltigra. Again, usually we think of the halach of Baltaisif, don't add or don't take away, is telling you as an individual, again, don't do something, don't create your own mitzvah, don't uh, add to a mitzvah, don't take it away, don't take away from the mitzvah. The Rambam sees this as much broader, that it's not just you know, specific to individual people. This is a, a fundamental truth in Torah, that the Rambam, and this is in fact one of the 13 principles of faith, that the Torah is forever. Okay, that's the Rambam. Now to appreciate a little bit more the nuance of this, like what would, what would it have, let, let's say, let's say we, we let's say, uh, put this idea to the side for a second, let's say we never heard of this idea that the Torah is forever. What theoretically would it take for us to be convinced that something in Torah actually changed and now we need this Ramam to tell us, no, 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 that's not a possibility. So in other words, to appreciate the, 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 the strength of this statement of the Rambam, let's first understand uh, you know, so, some, some of the basic, some, something very, very basic and fundamental, which is, like, how do we know that the Torah that we have is true? And then once we establish that, we can then f- try to see, like, okay, so what would the scenario be for a Navi to claim otherwise? And we don't believe such a Navi. So let, let, let's, let's get down to, to, to basics. So, say it again? So there are, right? So, so we, do, we do have, as we'll see soon, this is a, this point of the Ramam is debatable. There's other Rishonim that disagree. We do have uh, certain halachas. There's a number of different types of situations. We do have a halach of Hirasha. That we do have. We do have sometimes where it's a halach, where it's, you know, it, it was halach of Sinai, and then uh, a Navi comes and, and clarifies it and so on. But, um, but, some, but a mitzvah fundamentally changing forever, the Ramam says we don't have such a thing. A kain marrying an almana, that what? A regular kain? Yeah. Okay, I guess that'll be it. Unless it's an almana of another kain. Interesting. 
Okay, I'm not a, I'm not a Bucky Michesk, I'm not sure. I guess you have to see the Mepharshim and see how they deal with it. I'm not sure, it's a good question. But it's like the, the Ramah says that no mitzvah is going to change. I guess we have to figure out how, how that works. I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe it was a, a tradition from the very beginning. I'm not sure. Okay, that's that you know, I have to look into that. I'm not sure. <clears throat> okay, so in Marmokka number two, we're going we're gonna to learn now a little bit what, what, is the, what are the fundamentals? Of, why is it that we believe in the Torah that we have? And again, once we'll establish that, then we'll have a better appreciation of what the Rambam is trying to tell us in the fact that it can never be changed. So says the Rambam Marmokka number two. This is a little bit earlier in Hilchas Yisari Atar, Perches, Halacha Aleph. So he says like this, Moshe Rabbeinu, again, to, to explain where the Ram is coming from, one, one simple way how to, how to think, one, one possibility that a person might think of, like, okay, why do we trust Moshe Rabbeinu? Like, why do we trust? Moshe Rabbeinu comes and says, the Rabbanu Shav said, put on scissors, like, Mechitesi. How do I know to trust Moshe Rabbeinu? So one thing you can suggest is, okay, Moshe Rabbeinu did a lot of wonders and miracles. That's one of the classic ways to prove a person is a Navi, is that they do... Uh, you know, if, yeah, I don't, you want to know I'm a Navi here. You know, it, it throws something in the air and, it's, and it stays like that, you know. The person does wonders and miracles. So Maisha Rabbeinu did a lot of that stuff. So maybe that's why we believe Maisha Rabbeinu's Nevoah. So says the Rambam not like that. The Rambam Marwaka number two says the Rambam, Maisha Rabbeinu, loi heminu ba Yisrael b'nei ha'aisish We do not believe the Nevoah of Maisha Rabbeinu because of the miracles and wonders that he performed whether it be in Yitzhiz Mitzrayim or the Midbar, that's not why we believe him. And the Ram goes on to explain that, he, and he proves from Sukkim why this is true, and even philosophically, you know, it, it, we don't, we, he proves also, he explains why this is uh, something that would, that would be a very shaky thing, that if everything we believe is just based on, based on some wonders and miracles, some uh, the miraculous events, that would not be a strong foundation. So says the Ram, so why is it that we believe in Maishar Rabbeinu? Why is the Navu of Maishar Rabbeinu accepted by us? So says the Ram, because Harsinai, it came from the experience of Maimon Harsinai. Not the, not the miracles of it, but the experience of Maimon Harsinai. That what? That our own eyes saw, no one else. We were, we were witnesses to Vezneinu Shamu and our ears heard. Not someone else. Ha'esh v'hakoylas v'halapidim. Our own eyes and ears saw the experience of Harsina, the fire, the sounds, and so on. We saw with our own eyes and we heard Moshe Rabbeinu approach the cloud. And we heard the Rabbani Shalom speaking to Moshe. And we heard Moshe, Moshe, Lech Emor We heard the Rabbani Shalom say to Moshe Rabbeinu, Go tell the Jewish people the following mitzvahs. So says the Ram, and here's the fundamental point. Our belief in Moshe Rabbeinu, the reason why we believe in the Torah of Moshe, again, is not because Moshe Rabbeinu proved himself with Yitzhiz Mitzrayim to be a Navi. The reason why we believe in the Nevuah of Moshe is because we were witnesses to this Nevuah. We heard with our own ears and we saw with our own eyes how Moshe Rabbeinu was given the Nevuah to, to tell us the Torah Mitzvahs. So, so, so says the Rambam, this is a fundamentally different type of knowledge. This is not a knowledge of like, uh, of, of, of a proof and a Mela will buy into it. This is this is firsthand. The Jewish people firsthand, uh, in, in their own, their, within themselves, they knew, they saw, they witnessed it themselves, how Moshe Rabbeinu was, was designated as a Novi to tell us the Tarek Mitzvahs. Says the Rambam, in Marmokka number three, he continues on over there. Again, this is the previous parak in Hilchas Yisariya Torah, Nimsu. So it comes out that when it comes to Moshe Rabbeinu's Nevuah and the Torah that we have from Moshe Rabbeinu, Elu Shashoylech Lahem, the ones that Moshe was sent to, in other words, us, 
We can testify that he was the Navi. It's not something that, that, we're, that he proved to us. We, we saw it ourselves. We know it's the truth. Moshe doesn't have to prove it any other way. We saw it with our own two eyes. We are both witnesses to the same experience that the Rabbi Shalom sent Moshe Rabbeinu to give us tzitzis and tefillin and shach and shabbos and so on. Kishnei Edim, so the Ramos gives an example. It's similar to, let's say you have two witnesses. They saw the same thing together. Each one of the witnesses knows 100% with, with, with personal certainty that the other witness is saying the truth. It's not, the, it's not because I'm assuming he's a nice guy or he's, a, he's a, a, an ethical person, he's not lying. I saw him there. I saw him there. I don't have to prove that this guy is saying the truth. I know he's saying the truth. So to it is with Moshe Rabbeinu. Every single Jew was a, was a witness by Maimon Harsinai that Moshe Rabbeinu was sent to give us the Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu therefore doesn't have to give any other signs or wonders. Maimon number four. The Raman continues. Therefore, if a Navi comes and with not, without, not that level of experience of where we see him be the Navi. He just uses proofs. He, he, create, he does wonders and miracles to prove to us that he's a Navi. And then as a Navi tries to claim something not that Moshe, different than what Moshe says. If a person just, you know, again, performs a wonder or a miracle and then uses that as proof that he's a Navi. And then, now that I've proven to you I'm a Navi, uh, now let me tell you that uh, this thing that Moshe Rabbeinu told you called tzitzis is not true. You don't listen to him. Why? We know that he's lying. Why? It's because, he's, because the, 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 our awareness of this guy being a Navi doesn't hold any water compared to our knowledge of Moshe Rabbeinu being a Navi. Our knowledge of Moshe Rabbeinu being a Navi is because we saw with our own eyes. This guy being a Navi, he's proving it backhandedly. Because if I wasn't a Navi, how could I do this? I hear, but there's always that shadow of a doubt. That's not, that's, that's not eyewitness. That's uh, circumstantial evidence. Maybe strong circumstantial evidence. But it's not eyewitness testimony. It's not, you didn't see it yourself. Therefore, says the Raman like this. If you have anything... Moshe Rabbeinu's Nevoah is so strong and so, and so firmly true by us is that it's not based on any evidence. It's, it's, we, we, know it in, we, we know it, we saw with our own two eyes. Therefore, says the Ram like this, any person that comes to claim such an experience, uh, uh, anyone, anyone that comes to claim um, to, uh, you know, that, that there's, that to take away or to add or to, t- you know, to manipulate or, or to uh, you know, uh, be poigim in the Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu, if all he's coming from is, well, I'm a Navi also, how do I know you're a Navi? Well, if I wasn't a Navi, how could I float on water? You know, things like that. Well, then, Bechlal, that's, uh, that doesn't hold any water. Uh, you know, that doesn't hold any weight compared to Nevu of Moshe Rabbeinu. Nevu of Moshe Rabbeinu is that we were witnesses ourselves. Now you're coming with evidence. Evidence has nothing to do with an eyewitness. You, if a person, person is an eyewitness to something and then they, the, someone else says, no, no, it can't be because I have some proof that it didn't happen. I'm telling you, I, I saw it with my own two eyes. So it says the Ram like this. So, so what the Ram is telling us is that again, when a, Navi, when a person comes with proof that he's a Navi and using that proof to then say something in Taras Moshe is not true, 
That's Bechlo, we don't listen to him because the level of, 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 of authentication of his Nevoah has n- n- nowhere reaches the level of Moshe Rabbeinu's, you know, Hashkacha. Uh, you know, it doesn't, doesn't reach Moshe Rabbeinu's level of, 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 of knowing that he's another like Moshe Rabbeinu, like Moshe Rabbeinu as well. Now, this is what the Ramam tells us in Hilchas Yisraeletar Perches. So in other words, in Perches, the Ram is telling, is establishing us a basic idea, which is that to even begin to talk about Moshe Rabbeinu's Nevoah and to even have a shock of of whether this mitzvah is forever, it's not forever, I disagree with Moshe Rabbeinu, you have to be coming on the same playing field as Moshe Rabbeinu. If you're coming with some proof that you're a Navi, uh, that, that, that doesn't hold any water to Moshe Rabbeinu's level of Nevoah. To even have a discussion with you, we have to be able, you have to be able to come to us with the same level of nevuah of, of Moshe Rabbeinu. In other words, in order for there to even be a discussion, we have to, we would have, to have a theoretical case where the Rabbanu Shem would mamish ridu where the Rabbanu Shem would reveal to the eyes of the entire Jewish people how this other person is being designated as a Navi to tell us something. That would be a similar experience and a similar type of strength of Moshe Rabbeinu's Nevoah. And on that, says the Rambam in Perak Tess, in Hukhasi Sariyatar, the first halacha that we saw, that that would never happen. That that would never happen. Because, says the Rambam, because Torah is forever. And the Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu revealed to us is forever. In other words, what the Rambam is, is presenting to us is, is the veracity, the, the foreverness of Torah, the Rambam is establishing in two steps. First, again, Moshe Rabbeinu gives us tzitzis. Yeah, he gives us mitzvah tzitzis. Moshe Rabbeinu says, this is the mitzvah of tzitzis. It's forever. It's l'chukas oilam l'dar seichem. Okay, says the Rambam. Is there a way to, to undermine that? Well, says the Rambam, first of all, if a stam guy comes and says, no, 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 the Rabbanu Shem told me that this is not forever. He cha- the Rabbanu Shem changed his mind. So first of all, says the Rambam, if you're not... The, if, the, if, if how we know you're a Navi does not equate to how we know Moshe Rabbeinu is a Navi, then Bechlov, there's nothing to talk about with you. That's what the Rambam was establishing in the 8th chapter of Yisari Yatayra. In other words, says the Rambam, the, Moshe Rabbeinu, when he, Moshe Rabbeinu gave us mitzvah tzitzis, we were eyewitnesses to that. Now you're telling me that God told you in a private room that uh, he changed his mind. I, I, I hear what you're saying. And you're going to prove to me that God told you that because otherwise, why would I be able to walk on water? Okay, I hear what you're saying, but Lamai said it's not eyewitness testimony. We saw Moshe Rabbeinu give us the mitzvah tzitzis, and he told us this forever. So what you're saying just doesn't hold any water. It's not, that it doesn't, doesn't hold water. That's what the Rambam told us in Perches. That in order to even have a discussion with Moshe Rabbeinu's love and you got to be on par with, with, with that Nevoah. Comes the Rambam in, in Perches, the first Marmokan that we learned, and the Rambam is saying a Bechidish, which is that part of what we believe is that through Perches, what would it come out? That if in theory, a guy doesn't come and say, listen, in my back office, God told me that Tzitzis is not forever. And then we're like, okay, thank you very much, go home. Let's say something else were to happen. Let's say the the Rabbanu Shleilam would reveal in front of the entire world, in the entire eyes of the Jewish people, that this person is a Navi, and he's being sent to tell us that the Rabbanu Shleilam changed his mind about Tzitzis. Theoretically, that would be on par with Maish Rabbeinu. To that, says the Rambam in Perak Tesla, Vilchas Yisadiyah that that, a tenant of our religion is that such a thing will never happen. 
Such a thing will never happen. And so this is a fundamental point, is that uh, when, again, a a person that, that, that proves himself to be a Navi, so of course we don't, uh, we're not handling with that. And That doesn't hold any water compared to Maishu Rabbeinu. Theoretically, though, if you were to have a scenario where a person has the similar, uh, where there's similar eyewitness testimony, eyewitness, you know, first-hand knowledge of this person being a Navi, then theoretically he would be on par with Maishu Rabbeinu's Nevoah. To that, the Rambam says in, in Perak of Hilchas that's theoretically true, but a fundamental tenet of Yiddishkeit is to believe that such a thing would never happen. Such a thing would never happen. And, that's, and, and this becomes a chiddush in the Rambam in, in a fundamental truth of Torah, which is not only that, not only is, is, is the Torah of Maishu Rabbeinu 100% rock solid because no other Navi would ever match up to Maishu Rabbeinu's Nevoah. That's not it. Of course that's, that's true, but that's not the fundamental principle of, of Yiddishkeit. The, the, one, the fundamental principle of Yiddishkeit uh, in, that, he, that he mentioned in, in Perak Tess, in the first Maram is, is that that even if theoret- that the theoretical idea of there ever being such a possible case in future history of the Rabbani Shlalem appointing someone with, with the same level of Nevu as Moshe Rabbeinu to then give him a command that something in Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu gave us is not forever, such a thing will never happen. Such a thing is not possible either. And so this, is, this becomes a cornerstone in Yiddishkeit, not just to believe a technicality that no other Navi stands up to Maishu Rabbeinu, is that, the, that, that even if, that the very idea of there being a change in Torah, even through someone who has the same level of Maishu Rabbeinu's Nevoah, would never be. Anything the Rabbani Shalom revealed to us through Torah's Maisha is fundamentally forever, always going to be forever, and nothing is ever going to happen to change that. Why do you Because... The reason is, is because with Perches, that doesn't become a, 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 an acre of Yiddishkeit. That doesn't become a fundamental truth. It's a technicality. No other Navi is, is on par with Moshe Rabbeinu. Perches, the Ram is establishing, no, no, but it's, it's more than that. Even if you were to theoretically, the, the, very, the very thought, the very concept, the possibility in our mind of what happens if there would be a Navi on par with Moshe Rabbeinu, and he were to tell us that anything in Torah changes, we have to eradicate that possibility from our minds. We have to realize that such a thing would never happen. If you just had Perak If you just had okay, so Perak Tess would also be good, but Perak and Echanami, Rama is building one on top of the other, Echanami, it's Lo Yizu But But here's the, the, the fundamental point, is that the Rama is telling us that the... the, the that we have to, that there's something fun. When you go into Yiddishkeit, you have to go in with the knowledge and the awareness that whatever Moshe Venu is telling you, not only will it never change because, like, you know, uh, technically there's no one that's ever going to be on the level of Moshe Rabbeinu to even have a discussion with. No, more than that, the very idea of there being a, 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 a theoretical scenario of someone being on par with Maishu Rabbeinu and then telling us in Hashem's name that the mitzvah is going to change, that is, that, that, that's never going to happen. It's a fundamental truth that that's never going to be. What the Ram is establishing, and again, in Perak Tess, is that there's something fundamental about mitzvahs that Maishu Rabbeinu gave us, is that, these mit, there are, that those mitzvahs are fundamentally forever. And, there's never, and we can't even engage in Yiddishkeit with a thought 
of there ever being a slight possibility of there being a scenario at some point that the mitzvahs will change. Of course, when, the, when such a scenario comes, it's never going to hold any water because no one's on par with Moshe Rabbeinu's nevuah. But the very idea of there being a theoretical scenario, let's say someone being on par with Moshe Rabbeinu, and then him telling us that a mitzvah change, the very idea is off limits and it's bichlal, it's simply not true. The Torah, every mitzvah has to be has to be firmly rooted in our mind as a forever Dikim Mitzvah. That's what the Rambam is establishing to us in these halachas. Now why is that? Why is that? What is it about, what is it, what is it about Torah that fundamentally has to be forever? Not only as a technicality because no other Navi can, can uh, handle with Moshe Rabbeinu. Forget that. Even if someone could handle with Moshe Rabbeinu, even if you had a second Moshe Rabbeinu, it would never be such a thing that a second Moshe Rabbeinu would tell, would tell me something that the first Moshe Rabbeinu didn't say. Fundamentally, we, we can't believe in such a thing. Torah fun, that Moshe Rabbeinu gave us fundamentally has to be something that is forever and, and, and will never be changed. Even if you were theoretically were to have a second Moshe Rabbeinu, he would never be given a nevuah that was contradictory to the first Moshe Rabbeinu. Why is that so important? You follow so far? Is okay? Yeah? Okay. So Maramaka number five. The Rambam in Maranavuchim, in, in a number of places, but specifically in the, the second chilek of Maranavuchim, Paraklamites, the Rambam expl- explains this fundamental principle. Like, why is this? Why is this? Again, so... Again, in Parches, the Ramam just, just told us that practically, like, practically, uh, it's never going to happen because no other Navi can ever claim to be on the same level of Maishar Rabbeinu's Nevuah. But in Parakhtes, again, the Ram is establishing much more than just a technicality. He's saying that fundamentally we, 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 have, to, we have to firmly believe in Tart to such a degree that, it's, uh, that, that even, if, if, even if our mind's eye, we can theoretically picture a scenario of there being a second Arsini, a second Arsini, that second Maimon Arsini would not be any different than the first. That's the fundamental point of the Rambam, that even theoretically in this possible scenario of there being a Navi that's on par with Moshe Rabbeinu, he wouldn't, be, he wouldn't say anything different than Tyra. Tyra fundamentally has to be seen as something that's forever. And even a thought of, it being a, of a, there being a theoretical possibility of it changing is off limits. Why? Why does Tyra have to be seen like that? So says the Rambam in Marnavuchim, This is how it has to be. A person has to realize that Torah fundamentally is forever, and there's no possibility, even theoretically, of it ever changing. Why? So it says the Rambam, because this is a philosophical idea, that something that is fundamentally perfect, if you have something, says the Rambam, that is perfect, then any change in that, whether it be adding, subtracting, or changing, automatically means imperfection. So there's no such thing as just different. When you're talking about something which is perfect, then anything different than that, than that is imperfect. So, how do you have Pesach Sheni? Huh? Pesach Sheni is part of Torah. No, so okay, that, that, no, so that's true. So the, the question is, how long did my did sort of Ma'an Torah extend for? Yeah, yeah. So there's different, different discussions. Yeah, Nechanami says Machlag is Tanoi, Rabbi Kira Mishmol. But as long, whatever the era was of Matan Torah, that what the Ram is, is about to tell us is that that's when the Rabbanu gave us something that's perfect. There was a perceived imperfection of Torah, which turned out to be true. 
Why? Because Torah wasn't because Torah wasn't fully given yet. Once Torah is fully given, that package of Torah is now a perfect specimen, and any alteration of that is, by its very definition, imperfect. Even if it's not taking away or just or just changing something, that's what Ram is saying over here. So it says Ram, whenever you have something that's perfect, then any alteration to it is automatically creating an imperfection. Kamei uh, second line by so at the end of the second line by Maramaka number five. Kamei hamezek hamuuzan ashu tachlis ozan. I see. I mean, let's say if you have like a like a um, what's the word like a, a combination or a uh, a, a solution, uh, you know, a a, a formula of a, that that you know sort of is a, a perfect mathematical formula. And then any change to that formula, is going to take away from its perfection. Says the Rambam, and this is the fundamental principle that the Rambam is introducing again in, in Paraktes and Hilchis Yisari Torah, and he codifies in his commentary to Mishnayis, is that Torah fundamentally has to be seen as something perfect. The Torah that Moshe Benu gave us is a perfect reality, a perfect, uh, a perfect. Um, a perfect experience. And any change to that automatically takes away from its perfection. And the very thought and the very, the very idea of there being a possibility of some scenario in theory of the term changing already means that you're not seeing it perfect right now. And so this is the idea. Not only practically, if a Navi comes to deny something Moshe Rabbeinu says, do we not listen to him because simply he doesn't hold water against the Nevu of Moshe Rabbeinu. Even, we have to eradicate from our mind's eye the theoretical possibility of there even being like, let's say there would be a second Moshe and a second Harsinai, maybe then the Rabbanu Shalom would change his mind. That, that whole idea is, 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 is thrown away because since the Torah is perfect, and the Ram will quote a Pasuk to prove the Torah is perfect. Anything that's perfect automatically is forever. And anything that changes from that automatically would take away from its perfection. This is what we find by Torah, that the Torah itself describes its perfect formula. That the Torah is described as a perfect formula, perfect reality, and therefore, fundamentally, therefore it has to be forever. And again, like I, like I keep on saying, any thought of it changing takes away from its perfection even before it's changed. And so that's the idea, we have to believe in the perfection of Torah, and therefore it can't change. This is the, the fundamental sheet of the Rambam, and he sees this in the midst of Baltaisif and Baltigra, that not only is it a command for the individual, don't uh, add a parsha of tefillin or take away a parsha of tefillin, there's a truth in Torah, that Torah is fundamentally perfect, and therefore it cannot change, and it will never change. Even if you were theoretically to imagine a second Arsinai, it would just be Chazara, there would be no, nothing different from that second Arsinai. That's the sheet of the Rambam. Okay. On the other hand, we have the Sefer HaIkrim, Yosef Alba, one of the great Rishinim, one of the great philosophy Rishinim. So Maramaka number six in his Sefer HaIkrim, the whole Sefer HaIkrim really, to a certain degree, is to, is to uh, sort of disagree with the 13 principles of faith of the Rambam. Not that he disagrees with a lot of them, but the structure of the 13 principles, the idea of there being the 13 principles he talks about, just... Uh, uh, the whole the whole sugya of Yudgum Ikrim, that's what the Sefer Ikrim is about. So in the third mimer, in Parak Yudalad of the third mimer, the Sefer Ikrim is, talks about this Yisait of the Rambam. This Yisait of the Rambam, that not only, again, not only practically 
will no one ever be able to deny Moshe Benin's Nevuah because they're not, because again, their proof of being an Avi doesn't hold water to Moshe Rabbeinu's, to our knowledge of Moshe Rabbeinu being an Avi, but even theoretically, the very idea of the Torah changing is, is uh, against our fundamental, true, uh, fundamental principle of Amuna. To this, the Sefer Ikram disagrees. It says it around like this. The, uh, says the Sefer Ikram like this. Says the Sefer Ikram. So you're going to tell me this idea of the Rambam and Nevuchim. That something that's perfect can't be changed. So says the Sefer Ikram, I agree with that idea philosophically. I agree that something that is perfect can't be altered or changed, and any change and alteration automatically means it's imperfect. So I, I get that idea. But he says the Sefer Ikram, but that's only true when you're talking about something that is like, that is, that is perfection, that is, that, that's, in, that's interested in keeping its perfection. When, you're, when you have something that's perfect, and you want to safeguard its perfection, then I get it. You can't change. You can't take away. You can't add. You can't, you can't tamper with it. It's perfect. But says the Ramam, says the Sefer Ikram, al But says the Sefer Ikram like this. There's two separate things. You could have, um, here, I'll give you the, the example. Let's say a Rebbe and a Talmud. So a Rebbe is giving over a shear to his Talmidah, okay? So there's a certain idea, there's a certain truth of Torah that the Rebbe understands in his mind. But here's the problem. The, na- the, the nature of Rebbe and Talmud is that the mind of the Talmud is not as capable of grasping that truth as the mind of the Rebbe is. So if the Rebbe were to say over, you know, the, the truth of that idea, the purity of the idea as it is in the Rebbe's mind, Guess what the Talmud walks away with? Nothing. The Talmud doesn't have anything that the Rebbe's talking about. So, what's the purpose of that? So says the Sefer Ikram, what, therefore, what does the Rebbe have to do? The Rebbe has no choice but to sort of make a decision that I'm not going to be giving over to my student the truth in its purest form. I'm going to give over to my student something that's beautiful, something that's true, that is on par with what the student can absorb and what the student can handle. And, and, and if the student develops his own intellect further, then maybe the student will be able to receive more of that truth. And that idea will, will take on more nuance. And, and, uh, and the, the students will be able to, uh, to... I'll be able to tell more of the idea to the student. So, the, so says, says the Sefer Ikram, when you're talking about, when you're, when you're talking about you know, the, the truth of Torah and the perfection of Torah, that's Gavaldic. But... But says the Sefer Ikrim, but if the Rabbanu Shalom is is trying to convey to us something that we can receive, then automatically it means it's something that the Rabbanu Shalom is willing to manipulate based on how much we can receive. So once you're already tampering with divine wisdom in terms of it being able to be understood by human beings... Okay, then it depends on where the human being is holding. So, so if let's say for one generation they're holding by a certain place, then they can receive more. Another generation holding by a different level, they can receive less. So says the Sefer Ikram, the Rambam's whole view is a little bit funny because when we're not talking about just something sitting, we're not talking about a painting on a wall, that oh, it's perfect, don't, don't put a mustache on the Mona Lisa. We're not talking about something that's on a wall. We're talking, Torah is something that every single one of us is supposed to understand and supposed to absorb and supposed to live with. So once you're talking about 
an idea that's not just sitting on a wall somewhere, it's actually being processed by human beings, then automatically it means that it's not going to be in its purest form. It's automatically going to be something that's going to be uh, 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 manipulated based on how much the, receive, the receiver is able to absorb. And so once it's like that, then, 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 then based on the level of the receiver, that'll change. He gives an example. He says like this, the second line, something that's, something that's pure, but, but relative to the, to the receiver, to, to be received by someone, that's, that's something that can, that can change. Based on the, the ability of the, of, the, of the one to receive it. See, he gives an example physically. For example, what is the perfect, most, most balanced food for an infant? Well, the perfect food for an infant is milk. But, but why is that called perfect? Because we're talking about an infant. So relative to the infant, that's called perfect. So it says the Ramah, it says the perfect food for an infant, is milk. And let's say you have a, a young man that's older. So now what's called perfect food? Milk. Mother's milk is not, is not perfect at all. So, what sh- so what's called perfect for a bacher? Lechem, basar, yayin, right? Uh, uh, bread, meat, and wine. That's called perfect, right? So you see already, so what's called, so perfect is changing. Why is perfect changing? Because the point of food is to be consumed. So once it's about it being consumed, so it depends on the consumer. So if, the, if, if it's a baby, what's perfect is mother's milk. If it's an older person, what's perfect is bread and, 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 and meat and so on. And so you see already that what's considered perfect changes based on the macabre. And therefore, says the Sefer, therefore, there is nothing wrong with thinking that mitzvahs, which are divine, could also change with time, theoretically. And again, and he gives an example, Taka, and I'll prove to you, says the Sefer Ikram, that Taka, divine mitzvahs, have changed. What is the example? We know that there was a prohibition from eating meat, right? When Adam Rishon was created, all that he was allowed to eat was vegetables and fruits, right? He was a vegetarian. And until the times of Noyach, meat was Aser. So that was a mitzvah. There was a mitzvah not to eat meat. It was considered machal asuras. It was considered treif. And then it's exparsha. Meat becomes mutter for noich and his children. In the next parak, the sefer ikim explains why the change took place. Why? What? What changed by noyach that all of a sudden they needed to be able to receive a heter to eat meat? Shemikan raya. But whatever the explanation is, says the sefer ikim. But what do you see? What you see is. That divine truths, that they can be changed. There is such a thing as change. There is such a thing as change. Huh? What does that have to do with the mitzvahs of the Torah? Oh, so that will okay, that, be the response. We'll see in a second. But the point that the, the Sefer Ikram is telling us, though, is he's trying to establish this idea, which is that in a Hanami, he, he recognizes that this is not part of the 613th. But is like the, 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 the philosophical idea that the Ram was coming from, which is that something that's perfect can't be changed, well, says the Sefer Ikram, well, that's, not, that's simply not true, because we're not talking about something that's perfect, mitzad the noisein, or mitzad the Rebbe. We're talking about perfect mitzad the makabal. That's what Tara is, that's what, why, why else would the Rebbe be telling us anything? Is because it's something that, that's for us. So once it's, once it's mitzad the makabal, so to speak, Okay, then, then it depends on the Makabal. So by the generations until Noyach, 
They were holding by a place where they can receive the truth of not eating meat. Once Nayach comes, the generation descends, and now what's considered perfect by them is different than what it was before. Yeah. So, so in a Hanami, so this is part of the discussion that he makes over there, which is that there's change, but even, even, even differences have to do with levels. In other words, because something changed in the generation from Naich forward, so now they need to receive a different uh, mode of living and a mode of avoidance Hashem. But the fundamental idea that the Sefer Ekim is trying to prove is that you see from these earlier mitzvahs, so to speak, before the Torah, is that, uh, is that, that yeah, yeah, there isn't. Mitzvahs can change. Mitzvahs can change. So what's, what's so fundamentally different now by Harsinai? Again, the Sefer Ekim, again, this is the point that, I, that it's important to make. The Sefer Ekim is not saying we can change anything. And the Sefer Ikram is not even saying that it's ever going to happen. Right? Because again, like the Ramah said in Perches, in order to actually change something from Moshe Benin's Devuah, you have to prove yourself, the, you, you have to have the same uh, eyewitness testimony if you're in Nevuah as Moshe Benin, which is unlikely for there to be, ever be a new, a, another Magad Harsinai. But the Sefer Ikram is saying, but in theory, it's possible. In theory, if you were to have such a person with the same type of Nevu experience as Maisha Rabbeinu that we all witness that he's a Navi, in theory, such a, if such a thing were to happen, and then if the Rabbanu Shalom were to then tell him, by the way, something changed in Tyra, the Sefer would say, fine, that's, that you, that's a possibility. The Rabbanu says, impossibility. But again, the Sefer Ikram's point is, okay, but what about, you do see such a thing before I see night, these changes and so on. So, so this, this is the machlekes between the Ram and Sefer Ikram. So, what do, what do, what, so, so really, really, Daniel was, was getting to the point over here is that there's something, so to explain the Rambam, how do we answer the Rambam? So this is what Daniel was, was hinting to, which is that there's some, the Rambam clearly understands that there's something different about Tyra, about Moshe Rabbeinu's Nevuah as opposed to before. In other words, and here's the idea, and this is an idea that, uh, you know, the page is limited, so I can't overwhelm you with Marmachimus, but in Chabad Hasidus, this is a very, very fundamental point. The Mitla Rebbe, the second Lavach Rebbe, there's many Mamar where he talks about this idea. And, and here's, here's the aside. Which, what, 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 what makes Moshe Rabbeinu, what makes Torah different, as opposed to mitzvahs that came before Moshe Rabbeinu. In other words, the Sefer Ikram is pointing to mitzvahs that preceded Moshe, right? So Adam was given Shev mitzvahs, and he was also giving Ali meat, and then Noach was, that was, so it's changes, it's changes. Huh? And those mitzvahs were repeated. And Achanami, and we'll see about that soon. But the, the point is that, the, that it, 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 we're taught the following thing, that the difference between pre-Torah, between, or, or the difference between Moshe Rabbeinu's, the Torah that we have, through Moshe Rabbeinu, and otherwise is as follows, is that the Sefer Ikram is 100% right, that he's 100% right, that there, that, but he's only right in terms of the mitzvahs that are outside of what we call Taras Moshe. In other words, the Sefer Ikram is telling us is that what? Is that there is, there is such a thing as a truth and, and, and something that, that, that is able to be received only mitzvah the Makabah. Right? That's the, the example I gave you. That's the, 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 what the Rebbe knows, what's the truth by the Rebbe, what's, what's really the truth, and what the Talmud is able to receive. In Hasidus, we're told the following thing, is that before Maishu Rabbeinu, before the mitzvahs of Tariyag mitzvahs that we have in Tyra, the Sefer Ekim is right. When the Rabbanu gave mitzvahs to Shev Mitzvah and so on, those were mitzvahs and those were levels of, 
of the Rabbanu Shalom's light, so to speak, in his, in his, in his existence, that were tailor-made for Makabalim. They were tailor-made for people on planet Earth to receive. God is infinite, so he can't really, you know, sort of uh, blow everyone out the water with, with, with bringing himself in truth. So the Rabbanu Shalom, you know, just gives a little bit of a glimpse, a little, a little uh, taste of Ha'ara, of something, of something, of something, that's perfect for the makab. And then the Sefer Ekim is right. Since it's not the essential truth of who God is, rather it's the truth of godliness that only the receiver is able to hear, is able to handle, so that changes with time. So this generation can handle more, this generation can handle less, that can, that can change. But, says this, but, says, but in Chazidus we're taught, this is what's different about the Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu gave us. The Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu gave us is not a level of, of godliness that is only, that's able to be understood and processed by the receiver, which then can change based on the receiver. No, no, no. The Chiddush of Torah is, is that, every, that the mitzvahs of Torah are the Rabbani Shalom revealing who he is as far as he's concerned. Not as far as how we're concerned or what we can receive, mm-hmm. who the Rabbani Shalom is. And this is the fundamental, fundamental point of where the Ram is coming from. The Ram, there, there's there's two, separate, two separate things. There's, there is a, a, a truth that is tailor-made to the makablim, and then there's a truth of, 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 of fundamentally of what the truth is. And so before the Torah, the Shem Yitzvah those are truths that are tailor-made to the makabal. So who is God? So as far as the Shev Mitzvah B'nei Noach are concerned, those Shev Mitzvah B'nei Noach don't give the non-Jewish world the, true, the ability to truly capture who God is. They can't capture who God is. This is something to allow them in their mind that they can understand a little bit of who, who God is, but it's only based on, you know, Lafi Erech, it's only relative to their ability to process, but it's not the real truth. The Torah of Maishu Rabbeinu is, this is Elokos, this is the Rabbanu Shalom on his terms. So that, and therefore, because of that, says the Rambam, this is the fundamental difference. In before our Sinai, of course things can change, because it's fundamentally not the truth as it is from the Rabbanu Shalom side of things. The Chiddush of, of Harsinai, the Chiddush of Moshe Rabbeinu, and his Torah is, no, no, this is exactly who God is, not based on what we can process. It's not, it's not constricted to the receiver. It's as it is from the giver's side of things. Now, with that being said, so one would think that this creates a sort of inherent, I wouldn't say flaw, but an inherent shortcoming or lack in Tyra as opposed to Shemes Venayach. Because based on this, we have an unbelievable Mila and greatness and purity and perfection in Tyra as opposed to what we have in Shemes Venayach, right? Because in terms of really capturing who God is, Tyra captures that. As opposed to Shabbos B'nai Noach, only captures who God is based on what we can understand. But on the flip side, if you think about it, well, that means that who God is, which is captured in Torah, is something beyond our ability to compute and beyond our ability to comprehend. So it's like Shkayach. Now we have this like perfect, the perfect reality of of godliness in the universe, but we have no idea what it means at all. And so this creates a sort of a double-edged sword. You're telling me what makes Torah so perfect and so pristine also makes it unrelatable and makes it un- incomprehensible to the human being. So to this we find the unbelievable Chiddush. Is, and this is exactly why, of all people, Meishu Rabbeinu was chosen to be the Shliach to give us Torah. Is that 
Torah at the, on the one hand is not only perfect, does not, not, Torah not only perfectly captures who the Rabbi Nishalom is from his side of things, it also ironically and paradoxically and, and amazingly gives us the ability to experience that. And this is all part of what makes Torah unique. Not only is it the perfection mitzad the naisein, but it also allows the makabal to come into that space and to experience it as the nice and, as, as, on the nice side of things, not just on the makabal side of things. You'll see what I mean. Take a look at Marmokim number seven. Okay, so this is a Rambam also in Paraches in Ilchas Esariyatayra. The Rambam over here is talking about f- four basic differences between Moshe Rabbeinu's uh, uh, love, experience of Nevoah and other Nevi'ims. Again, what we saw until now was that in terms of how we know Moshe Rabbeinu was a Navi, it's altogether different because we are eyewitnesses to Moshe Rabbeinu being a Navi. But now the, but the Ramam then in Paraches goes on to say, not only, you should know, not only were we eyewitnesses to Moshe Rabbeinu's Navua, you also have to know, says the Rambam, that the type of Navua Moshe experienced is also different than other Nevi'im. And what was the difference? So says the Ram like this. What's the difference between Maisha's Navua and other Navim's Navua? So Ram says four things. Number one, Every other Navi, whatever they received, any messages they received, it was always in a dream or in some vision when they were unconscious. Okay? As opposed to experienced Navua when he was awake and standing. So, again, difference number one, other Nevi'im, it's through some sort of dream, uh, basically through like the imaginative faculty, right? Everyone has an imagination. The prophecy was sort of filtered through the imagination. Number two, another point is that the Nevuah, not only would it become filtered through the imagination, even the one that's sending the Nevuah was actually a Malach, it wasn't Hashem himself. That's why when the message came, it came through a mashal and so on, because it wasn't coming from God himself, it was coming through a malach. It was not through a malach either. So again, the, the, the first two differences between other Nevi'im and Moshe boil down to one point, which is every other Navi, it's through some intermediary, whether it be through inter, some interface, whether it be through the imagination or a malach. Moshe Rabbeinu was without any... Without any intimacy, it's no, not through the imagination, it's not through Malach, it's Hashem direct. Okay, that's the first two changes. It says again. The third difference is that every other Navi, when they have their Nevoah, they will be shaking, nervous, convulsing, it will be a very traumatic physical experience. Moshevenu is not like that. By it says, like, a per, like two friends talking to each other. Without, uh, it wasn't overwhelming at all. The final difference, every other Navi couldn't just become, couldn't just hear Navu whenever they wanted. They had, the Rabbi Hashem had to decide. was not like that. Whenever the Rabbi Hashem, whenever Hashem wanted, he was able to have Navu. These are the four differences. Again, uh, uh, every other Navi is through imagination or through a Malach. Moshe Rabbeinu is not through imagination, not through Malach, directly Hashem. Every other Navi is physically traumatic and it's not whenever they want. Moshe Rabbeinu, it's Mamash easy, nice and smooth, and whenever he wants. 
These four differences break down into two categories. The first two unique features of Meishar Rabbeinu are, 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 are about, are bringing out the point that Torah is who God is. Not as far as the Makabal, but as far as the Naisen. That every other Navi has it coming through the imagination. Or through a malach means that what you're receiving is not the message in its purest form. It's what you can handle through your imagination, through a malach. But Nevuah's Moshe Rabbeinu is without imagination, it's without a malach, it's direct from the Rabbani Shalom. That, that, that's reflective of this fundamental truth of Torah and what makes Torah unique through Moshe Rabbeinu, which is that it's not a truth for the Makabal, it's truth as far as the Nisan is concerned. It's an absolute perfect picture of God Himself. And, and it's not being manipulated, and it's not being altered, it's not being constricted, it's who God is. But here's the amazing Chiddush about Moshe Rabbeinu's Nevuah as well. The second two changes, the second two differences between Moshe Rabbeinu and other Nevi'im is what? Is, 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 is that despite the fact that what Moshe Rabbeinu is giving over is mamish, the truth of Elokus in its purest form, it's also something that Moshe Rabbeinu was able to receive. So what were the two final differences? That Moshe Rabbeinu was not shaking and convulsing, it wasn't a traumatic experience, and it's whenever he wanted in other words, that's describing that ironically and paradoxically, not only is Torah capturing the essence of who God is as far as the Nisan is concerned, even the Makabal is able to experience that. And this is the ultimate Chiddush of, of, of Torah, but specifically Torah that we have from Moshe Rabbeinu, is that it's the, it's, it's, it's the best of both worlds. Not only does it capture in absolute truth who the Rabbani Shalom is, but it also it also gives the makablam the ability to experience who the Rabbani Shalom is in its, in its purest form, without it being altered, without it being constricted. This, and this is ultimately the Chiddush that we find with Maish Rabbeinu, that Maish Rabbeinu gives us a Torah that, again, is absolute truth for the Naisen, as far as the Naisen is concerned, the Rabbani Shalom, and actually is able to be fully received by the Makabal at the same time. And this is what I was speaking about on Shabbos also, that when it comes to Maish Rabbeinu, Maish Rabbeinu has this unique feature, this unique quality of, 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 of where there's almost no difference between the Naisen and the Makabal. Where everything, Moshe Rabbeinu's whole, whole, whole uh, brings to the world a truth of Enoi Movadai to such a degree where, where Nishmas Yisrael can fully grasp Elokos without it being constricted. This is what Moshe Rabbeinu brings, where there's, like I, like I mentioned Shabbos, it's hard to know where Moshe ends and the Rabbani begins, so to speak. So, and the Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu gives us is this type of Torah, where we don't have to sacrifice on any of the purity of what Torah is in order for us to receive it. And, and we don't have to sacrifice our ability to receive it to maintain that purity. We can fully experience with Torah who the Rabbani Shalom is, even on his side. And this, we could, and, and finally with this, we'll just end with this, there's a, the final Maramokim, there's a very, very difficult Rambam in Hilchas Malachim, that maybe with this we could begin to unravel. It's a difficult Rambam at the end, but the Rambam says like this, in Hilchas Malachim, Perek Tesalach Aleph, Al Shisha Dvarm Nitztava Adam Rishon. In Hilchas Malachim, over there, the Rambam is telling us the history of, of, uh, of I guess, mitzvahs. The Rambam says like this, there are six mitzvahs that Adam, were, Adam was commanded. Avadizara, Al Birchas Hashem, not to curse Hashem, Al Shvichas Damim, Al Gilirayas, Al Gezel, Val So those are the six of the seven Shev Mesvene Noach. Six out of them were given to Adam. Hoysef Lenoach Eber Menachai. Noach was then given the seventh, which is Eber Menachai. 
says Raman Ba Avram, and then Avram Avinu came later, but in Stava Yesra Lelu, and Avram Avinu was commanded beyond the seven mitzvahs, he was given mitzvah Mila. Who was Baal Shachris, and he also established Shachris. Yitzchak Hifrish Meiser. Yitzchak also added, he was also Makbin uh, on Meiser to give Meiser. He also established Nutfil of Mincha. The Yaakov of Giranosha. Yaakov added to all of that the Isra of Giranosha. Vispala Arvis and he David Meiriv. Achba Meisher Bein of Matar al Yaday until Meisher comes and he finishes all the 613. This Ram is a Pella. Because this Ramam is painting a picture as if Moshe Rabbeinu was coming just to finish what started with Adam. Adam, was give, Adam through Noyach was given seven. Avram Avinu was given Brismila. Yaakov is given Gid And so we have, what is that? Uh, that's nine altogether. So you, uh, okay, so we have 604 uh, uh, remaining. So Moshe gives us another 604. That's, that's not true at all. Without going into detail, the Ram in many other places says, Mamish, not like that. We, the, the, like, like you said before, we, we keep all of... The, the, the reason why we don't kill and we don't steal and so on is not because of Shemitz and Noyach. It's because it was repeated over by Harsina, by Moshe Rabbeinu. What's the Ram talking about over here? That Moshe Rabbeinu just comes to finish and to complete what started with Shemitz and Noyach. So it's a good question. It's a difficult Rambam. But maybe, to, maybe a window to understand the Rambam is the Rambam is trying to to, to, to say that to, there is an aspect of Torah which is within the model of Shev Mitzvah Because the model of Shev Mitzvah is what? Like the Sefer Ikan pointed out, is that it's, Shev Mitzvah are custom made to allow the, the Makabal to understand the Rabbanu Shalom. And to that degree, Torah also has that. Even though Torah has, the, the, even though the, the, the crowning jewel of what Torah is, is that it's who the Rabbanu Shalom is in its perfect sense mitzad the noisein, but it doesn't sacrifice at all the ability of the makabel to experience that. So, to, so the 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 maila of shevnes neinoich in terms of it being able to be experienced by the makabel, Torah has that too. And this is what's again, like I said, this is a unique feature of Torah's of Torah's Moshe, is that it's both perfect and pristine in terms of in terms of giving us a, a picture of who the noisein is, who the rabbanim is. And at the same time, never loses the never loses its ability. Uh, it, it, it never it never keeps us out of that. It always it allows us also to experience that at the same time. So whatever the mile of Shemitz of Neinoich was, Torah has that too. And so this is what's unique. And this is the, the, again, like the Rama says, this is a fundamental principle in Yiddishkeit: is that Torah is both a perfect, a perfect, uh, pristine picture of the Rabbanu Shlaim, and at the same time. It allows us access to that, and we can mamish experience the Rabbanu in its purest form through keeping Torah mitzvahs, and that's all the matana that Moshe Rabbeinu gives us, and Zdafka Moshe Rabbeinu, and his type of nevuah that bridges that gap between the nice and the makabal. And this is why, according to the Makubalim, every single mitzvah and every single part of Torah is all about a yichud. A yichud between the nice and the makabal, a yichud between the chasen and kala. This is, you know, according the 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 the, the in the, in the Sefer Ikram, for example, by the Shev Mitzvah Bnei Noyach, the, the model will be Rebbe Talmud. Rebbe Talmud is where, yeah, the Rebbe can't say everything to the Talmud. He has to hold something back. But when it comes to Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu, it's not Rebbe Talmud, it's Chasen Kala. It's Chasen Kala. And Chasen Kala is also Mashpi Makabal. But it's not Mashpi Makabal where the, where the Mashpi is holding back and the Makabal only gets certain ideas. The the the, the mashpia is giving everything of himself to the makabel, and and, and 
and it's and and that's an it's an absolute yicha between the two, and that's what that's what's unique about Tyra, and that's what's unique about Moshe Rabbeinu is that he gave us an experience of yichud with us with the Rebbeinu Shalom, not as a Rebbe Talmud, but as a Chassan and Kala, and that's the ultimate yisaid, and that's all contained in that mitzvah of Baltaisif Maltigra in the Rambam. Okay, be zeichet to uh, to appreciate what Tyra is and to miyachid yichudim in Tyra, and be zeichet to. Uh, to uh, experience the Lakus the way it's supposed to be. When we come your Mashiach, Kimolars Day Sashem, Kyam Khasim, be as called Sadhguru Mary Maino and Main.